This is the North Georgia Life Podcast. Embrace life where you live. Welcome to the North Georgia Life Podcast. Today's episode, we are featuring a name, a location that a lot of us uh, know. Uh, we recognize the name, and yet so many of us have never been there. And I am I'm guilty of that. I have seen pictures. I have seen so many people, friends of mine, post on Facebook that they're at Anna Ruby Falls, and I have never been. I've been to Helen a bunch of times, and I've just never made the stop. But I'm telling you, I'm going. I am going this fall. Uh, I may actually go sooner than that because there is so much to do in the greater Helen, North Georgia area that you really, you could, you could take uh, just a three-day weekend and have an amazing time if all you did was go to the locations that we talk about on this podcast. You're going to have one of the best three-day weekends of your life. I'm just telling you, I'm not overselling it. We live in such a rich area in terms of the variety of activities to really embrace life right where you live. We've got a special place here in North Georgia. Uh, we are with Liberty Gates, and that, is that not an awesome name? Congratulations, Mom and Dad. You nailed that one. Uh, <laughs> but we are at uh, talking with Liberty Gates about Anna Ruby Falls. She's going to share some of the history of the park, uh, what is there's for you to do with your family uh, of all different ages and just kind of fill in some of the blanks that some of us don't know about a very, very well-known location here in North Georgia. You know how to find us online, Facebook, Instagram, North Georgia Life Podcast, North Georgia Life Podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us suggestions for future episodes. And hey, as we're, as we're covering more territory in North Georgia, would you share this with your friends, coworkers, tag episodes on Facebook that are really interesting or you you visited or things like that and just help more people get connected with the place that we all call home, North Georgia. With that, we'll get started with Liberty Gates and Anna Ruby Falls. Welcome to the North Georgia Life Podcast. It is Jake, your host, and we've got a really good episode today. So there's Something that generally makes me excited about episodes, and that is, as you know from if you've listened before, uh, it's good food and good places to go outdoors. And today we are with Liberty Gates, who is the program manager for Find Outdoors, and we're going to be talking about Anna Ruby Falls. Now, a lot of us know the name Anna Ruby Falls that have been in North Georgia. I know it, you know, very well. And it's sad to say, I don't think I've ever actually been to Anna Ruby before. Um, so that is on my checklist for this year. There's some great information we're going to share with you about the uh, location and about activities and things you can do that are in our North Georgia region. And so, Liberty, thanks for your time today. Awesome. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. So uh, let's first start off. Uh, you're a UGA grad. Yes. So how, how, how far out are you out, out of school? So pretty recently, I graduated this past May with my master's degree. I did my undergrad at UGA, got a um, undergrad in wildlife and fisheries. And then I stayed and did my master's. And my master's was in natural resources with a focus on environmental education. And I graduated just this past May, if I can even call it graduating. <laughs> I sort of just like yes. dissolved away from the school. <laughs> it didn't really feel like a graduation. All my professors were just like, bye, I guess I'll see you later. Yeah, the year school dissolved. That's yeah, a good way just, of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so 
going into school, going into that that major and that that program, is is this kind of right in line with what you wanted to do? Did you see yourself doing something a little different? So when I went into UGA, I had absolutely zero idea what I wanted to do, which I think is like a lot of people. I went in and I knew I liked being outside and I liked animals so I my clear option at that time was like okay I'll be a vet I guess Mm -hmm. um so I went in as pre-vet quickly quickly realized that was not what I wanted to do (laughs) nothing against vets they are amazing it's just not something I wanted to do so thankfully I found the Warnell School of Forestry Mm -hmm. and Natural Resources at UGA which is awesome basically I then changed my major to wildlife and fisheries and just started taking all information I could on different wildlife and plant life in the southeast and across the Americas and across the world and I began to realize that I loved that and I loved talking to people Mm -hmm. about that and so that's how I found environmental education and basically what I am doing now is the dream it's exactly what I want to do in one of the most beautiful places so I yeah I feel really lucky yeah we'll go back a little bit are you from Georgia are you from around here yeah so I'm from Ackworth Georgia okay probably about 30 minutes outside Atlanta ish yeah yeah real pretty area Mm mm-hmm were you always an outdoor person growing up? Did you like the outdoors? Were you always playing in the woods? Or was this something you just kind of came into later in life? Yeah, I I, I say did later spend... in life to somebody in their 20s. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> it's, all, yeah, exactly. it's all relative. I'm so old. No, um, <laughs> not too much later in life. No, I did spend a lot of time outside. It wasn't as much as playing in the woods, but, you know, outside playing with my cousins or friends, outside playing soccer or riding our bikes. Um, we did go up to North Georgia a few times as a child, just taking, like, some family trips. But I think what really got me into the environment is um, probably my mom and dad. They weren't – I mean, they definitely love going outside, and they love of nature but they um instilled a knowledge of intrinsic value I think to me and my siblings so like my dad is a musician so he had just an intrinsic value for music so he didn't value it for what it could give back to him he just valued it because it was enjoyable in Mm -hmm. and of itself and my mom is an artist and so she just had a deep intrinsic value for art and so I quickly found intrinsic value for nature I Mm -hmm. don't value it for what it can give back to me but just because it's beautiful Mm. and it's worthy and it's worthy of our respect and knowledge so I think that's how I became just to love the environment and going outside so much yeah uh so can you and you've been at Anna Ruby for how long now so not that long, seeing as Early I just new. graduated. <laughs> yeah, I just graduated in May. I did start working part time before I okay. graduated, and then everything sort of got thrown on its head with COVID, right. obviously. But um, so I've been working at Anna, between Anna Ruby and Brasstown since March, okay. about. Okay. So a couple of months, um, and these past few months have been I've just spending a lot more time at the sites, which are right. really great, and a lot more time outside. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the heat and humidity we've had yeah. here recently. Well, it's, see, it's a lot nicer when you're in the mountains. Yes. On Brasstown, you'll catch me wearing a coat because I'm cold. And yeah. On, and a ruby, you'll get the uh, the wind from the waterfalls, and mm-hmm. you'll get a little spray from the waterfalls, and it's it's chilly. It's chillier yeah. than it is definitely in Ackworth Yeah, so it's a good place to be if you're, you know, sweating your socks off in yeah. you know, <laughs> Midtown or uh, Lawrenceville or anywhere yeah. around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us a little history on Anna Ruby Falls? Just um, if if you've listened to the episode for the Hardman Farm, uh, you got a little bit of information on where Anna Ruby uh, Falls got its name from. Um, but can you share with us just kind of 
brief history on on the property yeah of course so yeah so that episode talks about how anna ruby got its name and i'll touch on that briefly but um before anna ruby was anna ruby it was cherokee land the cherokees roamed the lands most of the blue ridge mountains in north georgia and when gold was found in northern georgia in the 18 early 1800s the cherokees were forcibly pushed out due to the treaty of 1817 and 1819 mm-hmm. the cherokees were pushed out via the trail of tears so it was definitely a sad time for native americans in general then the land that anna ruby was on and a lot of the land in northern georgia was allocated out due to georgia or via georgia's land lottery system mm-hmm. it was lotted out and it changed hands a few times and eventually john h nichols who was a previous confederate soldier he bought the land and he moved there with himself his wife two sons and his daughter and like um scarlet said in the um, hardman farm segment john's wife and two sons ended up dying from malaria so very sad and he was exploring the land one day and found two twin waterfalls and he decided to dedicate them and name them after his only surviving daughter, mm-hmm. who was Anna Ruby. So mm-hmm. that's how it's got got its name. So um, then after Anna Ruby le- left and she got married and John Nichols ended, um, he died. The land changed hands a few times and it eventually found um, ownership under a lumber company, mm-hmm. the Bird and Matthews Lumber Company. They did some logging there. Then it eventually was sold to Smithport. It's Smithport Extractions. And they were basically cutting down hemlocks mm-hmm. and extracting the tannic acid from hemlocks, which is used in tanning hide, so making leather. And then eventually it was purchased by the Forest Service. And in the 1960s, the land that Anna Ruby was on was the designated a scenic area. And so since then, it's just been such a popular tourist site. Yeah, yeah. Then, and yeah. it's if you if you go online. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think is Grand Canyon is probably not an accurate comparison, but you see pictures of it and then you go in person and it's, you know, you're like totally worth the trip. Yeah. Uh, so it's the Twin Falls are about 150 feet. Is that right? Yeah. So we have there are two creeks. So the falls fall off of Trey Mountain and there are two creeks, smaller creeks that form the waters falling there is york creek which the waterfall is about 50 feet Mm -hmm. and then curtis creek which the waterfall is about 150 feet Mm -hmm. so it's it's way up there and a lot of time when you first go there you can't see all the way to the top and then you look all the way to the top where curtis creek is falling down and you're like oh my gosh that's it's really high up so i I have a lot of people ask me they're like do people like jump off the falls (laughs) no i'm like no they only once yeah yeah." i'm like don't no 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 no. we like do not do that but yeah so one of the um um, Curtis Creek is very, very tall, and then both of them flow into Smith Creek, mm-hmm. which eventually flows through through our scenic area, through Unicoi State Park, and into Unicoi Beach. Yep. Share with us a little bit about your organization, the Find Outdoors. Um, yeah. So you're you're a uh, nonprofit that partners with the Forest Service. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So yeah, so Find Outdoors is a nonprofit organization. We've been around for about 47 years. We are based in Brevard, North Carolina, okay. so in the Pisgah National Forest, and we basically manage various campgrounds, museums, recreational sites, and offer various programs and workshops and events 
throughout, and we have sites in Indiana, North Carolina, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. And basically, the goal of our organization is just education and recreation for all communities. So we're really, we're really just trying to get people connected with the forest and learn mm-hmm. about the forest and the environment around them. And we do partner with the Forest Service on a lot of our public lands that we work on. Yeah. You do uh, uh, programs for uh, schools and um, you know other organizations. You know, if people have a you know want to do kind of a, um, a getaway half day retreat or something for their office or department. Do you guys have different programs? Is that is that are you the you the people that, that, yeah, that they talk I'm to? I'm the person to talk to. <laughs> yeah, so really we offer programs to anyone on anything that has something to do with what we're doing. We are really open. We offer various programs at our sites, mm-hmm. and that could be on birds, bats, snakes. We had um, author Mark Warren come just this past weekend mm-hmm. and talk about the Cherokee and how they lived off the land. We offer programs on the geology and plant life of the area. We also do go out to schools and community centers and talk to them about different things. So really, yeah, we are open to talk about anything. We're open to educate about anything. There's just so many awesome aspects of these sites, whether it's their history or the yep. ecology around them. So it's we have – there. I we'll never not have something to talk about. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, honestly, that's that uh, theme is part of the reason for this podcast. I Mm -hmm. feel like we live in such an incredible part of of the state of Georgia, but really the world, because I mean, how many, how many places that, uh, you know, have so much history that is uh, really, you know, national and some of it, you know, world impacting um, and uh, such a variety. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've got, uh, you've got areas in uh, our state that have bald eagles. You've got you know all sorts of different outdoor things to do. Yeah, it's um, so diverse. So yeah. yeah, a ton of stuff to do. Other than the uh, kind of the obvious of the Twin Falls of Anna Ruby Falls, any other property features or things like that that just make it a really unique experience uh, for somebody to come have a day trip up to Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Twin Falls are all obviously very beautiful. There is a trail that goes up to those waterfalls. It's about a quarter of a mile, so not too long, but there are some areas that are really steep. But walking that trail is just really enjoyable for me. You do get that cooler mountain air. Most of it is shaded. We have interpretive signs as you walk up there, um, so you can learn a little about, bit about the area. You can also, I mean, it follows the creek up to the waterfalls Mm -hmm. so it's really just you hear you're hearing the rushing water the whole time you're hearing birds and you know the wind whistling through the trees so really just walking up to the trail is a beautiful experience and then to top it off you get to see the waterfalls at the end so it's really really amazing we also have another trail on the site called the lion's eye trail Mm -hmm. and that sort of loops around um, around smith creek and right beside smith creek and that has interpretive signs that have braille on them and so for people who are visually impaired they can get um a similar experience to right. experience interpretive signs as well and learn a little bit and is that the one that's uh wheelchair accessible too um yes okay mm-hmm. so, yes that's so we are ch- wheelchair accessible the trail up to the falls um, is paved as well. Um, there are some stairs at the top that mm-hmm. you'd have to go up, and there are some bridges, but it's paved as well. Yeah. So yeah. You can get up there as well. Okay. 
so you don't have to leave grandma in the car if she's in the wheelchair. No, she grandma can come, can come and, and grandma's, can come look grandma's come and they kill it just like everybody else. Yeah. Obviously, you hadn't you haven't been there you know twenty years at this point, but any best memories, favorite stories, uh, things that have just kind of been really just neat to be able to be a part of there so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, I think probably. Well, I've spent a lot of my time at Anna Ruby on the observation deck, a lot of the time just talking to people, uh-huh. um, just seeing what they're interested in, um, seeing what they're asking questions on, because that sort of guides me on to what I should be doing programs on or should what, what I should be posting on social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and I see the similar... Uh, Similar thing a lot of the time when I'm up there on the observation deck, which is right the last point until you get to the falls, people will have walked up that quarter of a mile. And even though it's only a quarter of a mile, it is pretty steep. So it can be pretty strenuous. Mm-hmm. And so I'll see people get up there. Their heads will be down. They'll be they'll be out of breath and really <laughs> tired. And they just look defeated. Like, why the heck did I decide to do this? And then as soon as they lift their heads up and see the waterfalls, it's the same reaction mm. every single time. It's the wide-eyed just look of amazement mm. and immediately they just say wow and you see in their face that like whatever horrors of walking up this trail <laughs> they just had to go through it that it was worth it yeah and um that's exactly what i think too so just seeing how happy and amazed people are when they first get up to the waterfalls yeah. always is something i really enjoy because it's just a total switch of emotions from yeah. like oh my gosh to Heck yes, I'm glad I yeah. did this. So I, I really like seeing that. It's a really and awesome. And you get thing to go down experience. on the way. Yes, back. and yeah, and uh, going down, I don't think it's as bad as coming I was up. So. Say, <laughs> is, it is a different experience at Tallulah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know which is harder at Tallulah. Well, actually, yeah. some people do say that about Anna Ruby Falls. They say sometimes going down is a good workout on yeah. the legs. But yeah. I always tell people when they're like, "Oh my gosh," I'm like, "Hey, you had a good workout and you saw a waterfall. Yeah. So that's like a win-win for yeah. me." And it's not. It's not a long. It's not a long trek. No, yeah. it's not. No, it's not. From from having been in the uh, the forestry uh, department in in at UGA and what you've done already so far, um, just from your own vantage point perspective, between national forest, state parks, uh, organizations like yours, any uh, I guess overarching thoughts or like big nuggets that you've taken out of just how uh, fortunate we are to really be in the area we are uh, with all of the resources that we have and just maybe kind of how it's impacted you. Yeah, so I feel I feel very lucky to be where I am, not just because North Georgia is such a beautiful, diverse area, and I mean diverse in food, but also wildlife and people that you meet, um, but I also think Georgia as a whole does a great job of getting people connected with their natural resources whether mm-hmm. it's through the park service or the forest service or nonprofits like the one i work with find outdoors or even the university of georgia mm-hmm. who works really hard to get the surrounding community connected with their outdoors and i think that has had such an impact on me because i, I came into uga not knowing what the heck i wanted to do mm-hmm. but because uga is so connected with their community i found so many volunteer opportunities opportunities outside of UGA and internships outside of UGA that were all based on environmental education. So I found out what I wanted to do. Um, And then I've just had so many opportunities working throughout Georgia doing environmental education. So I feel like Georgia is really the place to be if you want to work with natural resources, Mm -hmm. whether it does have, if you want to do research on different things or like me, just talk to people about cool stuff going on. That's what I do. So yes, I feel so fortunate. And I think Georgia really does a great job of showing off the 
beautiful things we have in our area. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. And as as connected as we are as a society, uh, there's still so many of us that just I think maybe it, it may be overwhelming because we have so many different things. And that's uh, my hope is that, you know, in a small way, that this, this podcast will be a resource that you can listen to while you're driving. You don't have to take time out of your day when you get home to research stuff for the weekend. And it's uh, it's there for you. All right. So before we wrap up, something I like to do in every episode is called the lightning round, which is a question that has nothing to do about anything that we've talked <laughs> about. So today's lightning round question is, if you are competing against Justin Timberlake at Circus Carnival Games, which game do you think you'd have a better chance of beating him at? Skee ball, the ring toss, or the squirt gun duck race? Oh, does none of them count? <laughs> I think <laughs> I would choose skee ball because it's my favorite out of those, but I'm pretty sure I would equally suck at all of them. <laughs> um, but I think I'd have the most fun at skee ball. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think that would be it. And maybe I could just go fast and hopefully hopefully make some. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at any of them. I would like the I like always liked the duck race. Mm-hmm. I, I like skee ball until I like the idea of skee ball. When yeah. I start playing it I realize I'm terrible. Yeah, I think um, that's probably the one I've played the most, maybe whether it's because I went to Dave and Buster's or something, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um yeah, I guess I guess skee ball. <laughs> yeah. I was it, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, I think I would choose the ring toss because I'm pretty sure we could both do it blindfolded and have the exact same odds. You know, <laughs> Nobody I, makes I, any. I think, uh, yeah, I think the ring toss is the leveler of, of, of all human- humanity and skill. <laughs> if somebody is interested in uh, planning a tour, uh, finding out more information, whether about Anna Ruby or about your organization, Find Outdoors, how would you direct them in terms of getting connected in the easiest way possible? Yeah, so we do have a webpage, gofindoutdoors.org, where you can find out about all our sites, whether in Indiana, North Carolina, or Georgia. We have information on all the programs and stuff and events and our trails and campgrounds, everything on there that you need to know, and information about our organization and the history of our organization. And we also have multiple Facebook pages. So we do have a Find Outdoors Facebook page, and we also have an Anna Ruby Facebook page. And on both of those, all the information and anybody you want to contact will be on there as well. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Liberty, thanks for your time. Uh, This was, I I learned stuff every episode, so I really appreciate uh, your time and just getting to chat for a few minutes and uh the website was gofindoutdoors.org yes okay so if you are in the north georgia area or want to go you know if you're going to take a trip up to north carolina or something like that and you just kind of want to do a uh, a weekend outdoors trip or something like that you've got plenty of resources uh right online to uh, guide your steps and with that we'll go ahead and wrap up all right thank you so much This is the North Georgia Life Podcast. Embrace life where you live.